Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. And we're doing a very special episode today, aren't we, Hank Owl? Yes, we're doing the Dragon Con special. Dragon Con 2019, yay! Uh, so, let's just dive right into it, man. Let's just Whoa, what right that? into it. Sorry, we just had a cat appear out of nowhere. <laughs> this very crazy <laughs> thing just happened. You'll have to take our word for it. Um, so yeah, Dragon Con 2019, let's just do it from the beginning. If I tell you a phrase, Hank, that Wednesday's a new Thursday, what does that mean? It means that it starts on Wednesday. Well, so Dragon Con is a generally, you know, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday thing, every Labor Day weekend, but now they started doing some Thursday programming as well. So it used to be uh-huh. Thursday was the day people would come into town, and there'd be like a little bit of Dragon Con stuff, mainly just hanging out in the hotels with meeting up with friends and hanging out. But now there's actually officially programming on Thursday. So now Wednesday is the day where people come in town and hang out and stuff. So I guess my point is it's growing and getting bigger and and bigger. Hopefully Tuesday will be the new day. And then Monday we'll have a whole year of Exactly. It'll just be a month of Dragon Con. Every year it'll go day by day by day until 365 days. And then it lasts more than two years. And then it won't be as special. Yeah, that's true. But it'll still be fun. Uh, So in my opinion, this was my favorite Dragon Con that we've done. Okay, so let's figure out why that is. David Tennant. David Tennant. So for those of you all who do not know, David Tennant is a Scottish actor who came to fame in the United States and in Britain for playing the 10th Doctor. And that's on a TV show, a BBC show called Doctor Who, which if you've listened to this podcast ever, you've probably heard us mention that show because we're both Whovians and it comes up a lot. What else has he done, Hank? Do you uh, he was the main antagonist of at least the first season of Jessica Jones. He was that, Kilgrave, the Purple Man. That's right, and that was a Netflix show. Still on Netflix show. Uh, he, is, he was in Broadchurch. I don't remember who he plays in Broadchurch. So he plays a detective in Broadchurch searching for uh, what happened to a, to a, a boy who died. And also uh, Crowley in Good Omens and also numerous Shakespeare Thing. That's right. He's done Royal Shakespeare Company, tons of other little smaller films, independent films, other plays. Uh, he's just one of our favorite actors. And uh, when they announced that he was going to be here, we immediately got very, very excited. I mean, he's never been in anything, or at least never like heard he's been anything that we didn't like. That's true. Even the uh, even the American version of Broadchurch, like <laughs> which lasted just one season, I kind of liked. They, they called it uh, something else, something Point. West Point. No, it wasn't West East Point. point. <laughs> <laughs> there's only a, there's a there was a point. point. A it doesn't have to be directional. <laughs> it could be other points. I feel like it was. Um, so, so, so this Dragon Con because it did start a little bit earlier, we made the decision uh, with Peggy's approval, <laughs> maybe reluctant approval, to, to take Hank out of school that Friday so that he could be there for the first David Tennant panel, which was like, a, I think, 11.30 on a Friday morning. I'm so, glad we did that since it was much better than the other David Tennant panel. You know, it really was. I am I am too. So we went down Thursday evening, or after school on Thursday, down to the Sheraton, 
And it's the first time we ever had a really long line to get our badges. Normally, I think we've either just timed it correctly or gotten lucky. Or accidentally cut. Or accidentally cut. I know we did that one year. And, and I didn't know that at well, the time. Well, it wouldn't be accidentally. Well, uh, looking back on okay, it, I, I like... <laughs> You're like, Dad, I'm not sure you understand how this accident thing <laughs> works. <laughs> so looking back on it, we clearly cut in line somehow, some way, uh, not realizing at the time. So the line was wrapped all the way, you know, halfway around the Sheraton, basically, or halfway around the block. But it did not take very long at all. They were oh, really, no. really efficient with that registration process, uh, which was pretty cool. And I liked being down there Thursday night. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We went to the Good Omens binge watch. That's right. So Not they have vi- this video it, rooms. For a little bit. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard of or seen. No, that's not because last year they did a whole like that. We're playing every Marvel movie. Yeah, I know they always do. This is the first time that we've stopped at it though, and it was a little better than I thought it was going to be. When I picture the video room, I think of like a kind of a big empty uh, hotel room. I mean, hotel meeting room with a crappy TV up front, almost like you're back in school. Oh, yeah. But it was a little bit better than that. The audio was a little bit better than that. Uh, it was packed, and we were watching. I think you already said it, Good Omens, right? Yes. And it feels really good there. I didn't. Maybe when I first watched it, I didn't think it was as good. I remember thinking it was a little anticlimactic, even though I kind of knew it was going to be because I didn't finish the book before watching the show. But like, I kind of knew, right, that it wasn't going to be like this huge war. <laughs> Right. Trying to prevent spoilers for Good Omens, by the way. Oh yeah, um, it's a book by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. And you, again, if you've listened to this episode, you've also heard us praise Neil Gaiman, probably. Very, uh, also very reminiscent of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Indeed, indeed, there's a lot of that fun, fun British dry humor. So we watched a couple episodes of that. We, we, the, the, if you haven't seen the series, it's on Amazon Prime. It's completely worth watching. Read the book too. Uh, uh, but like that, it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter. It's not one of those things where like people always say like the book's so much better. But like really, like I thought this show was as good, if not better, than the book. I thought it was it was really incredibly well really, done, as good as the book. Yeah, not the only thing the book has, I mean, there's some differences uh, plot wise in both of them, but mainly the book you just get more. Yeah, you know, you just get, you more, get more little one liners, more jokes, more ineffability. It's uh, it's pretty great. Uh, great book, but the series is awesome because Neil Gaiman was the showrunner, and basically the only reason he did this was because Terry Pratchett, who's who had is passed away, Sir Terry Pratchett, right? Sir Terry Pratchett, uh, because they he wanted him to. Uh, he basically said, "It's up to you, Neil." You know, and so they made this happen, and it was so incredibly faithful adaptation. And please, and the- God, nobody try to do a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. People always want more, but no. There's, I mean, there's no way. I mean, presuming Neil Gaiman has the right, still, you know, there's no way they could do a sequel. He would never do that. Now, the only reason he did this again because it was because of Terry. So we watched a few episodes in that room, and that was really fun. It was a great way to get warmed up into the spirit. How about like you could, you weren't talking to anybody, you could feel nice vibes coming from everyone. Exactly. And then after that, we kind of hung out a little bit just in the lobby, kind of looking around. I can't remember if we tried to do anything else or not, or if we just hightailed no, we it we over to Melton's. We and Melton's, yeah. We hit, we hit Melton's and had some food dinner and then headed home. Because uh, that was – and so Thursday, we already had, like, more time than we normally did. Because Friday morning, um, you know, we basically took Uber 
there. And I, you know, taking Uber is gets expensive, especially coming to where you're coming from. MARTA is a good system, but because we we're just kind of slow moving on the day, it would have taken us so long to drive to the MARTA station, take uh, MARTA uh, to I Five Points, take Five Points then to, you know, whatever, Civic Center. Five Points? Was that the name of the show? Five Points. No, <laughs> it was not Five Points either. Uh, but I what honestly was think it? if we took uh, MARTA on Friday morning, we wouldn't have made it on time for that. We would not have made it because we basically got out of the car and were right in line immediately. It was already, if you know the, the Marriott or know how these lines work, you know, basically, you line up technically an hour before, unless it's the first big panel of the day in that room, and then you can line up earlier. And this was the first big panel in that room, so people were lined up. Again, we were there two hours in advance, and we were, you know, all the way around the block, basically. Uh, and the line just kept on growing from there. In fact, this is one of the few panels that people were in line in and then did not get in. But we did, and it was fun. It was fun. Even the waiting in line was fun. Oh, yeah. We had books to read. We had our phones. We had amazing people watching. And it, was, it just started the spirit of Dragon Con, which I think for really the first time, I really felt really in it and a part of it. And I, I have some well, we've suspicions been there over why. Five years, we got to raise our hand when people asked. That's true. Exactly. We had a little bit of little bit of uh, street cred from having having done it so many times now. So that so Friday was amazing. And I don't know if we want to just go day by day or just say our highlights. Which so I, I would just say our highlights. Just jump around. All right. Cool. Jump so yeah. Around. So so right. so yeah. So he did see David Tennant panel on Friday. And it was just everything. He was just everything you'd want him to be. He was smart, kind, funny. Um, I was a little worried, like not that he wouldn't be amazing, that he'd be kind of like serious, like a serious person playing a fun-loving character. But he was just like just as fun-loving as you expect him to be. He did chair races. He did chair races. I wish for he didn't do it the second time because the moderator who wasn't too great. The moderator on that first David Tennant panel was really good. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And the other thing, with all these big panels, you know the star, you presume the star is going to bring a lot to the table. Some don't, however. Uh, David Tennant did. But the the X factor always is the question from the audience because people get in line and, I mean, half the panel or more is generally questions from the audience. And the people in the Friday panel did a great job of asking good questions and that begs that doesn't beg the question there was only a couple good morning time lord victorious yeah so there are a few there were a couple bad but not as there's usually many more bad questions or just questions that make you cringe because you know they've answered them a billion times or they're too effusive in their love you know they go on for 15 minutes of how great this person is and what they've meant to their lives and then they ask the question and it's just it's kind of rude and disrespectful for the because there are thousands of people in this room so you should ask a nice smart good questions being quick and you know speaking of questions i almost forgot about this i don't know if i brought it up you asked a question i did who did you ask a question to Catherine tay and we got to be on stage because they're doing a lightning round that's right explain the yeah explain uh, what you asked and that whole thing and explain who Catherine tate is uh Catherine tay is another person who is on doctor who she has a Catherine tate show we don't watch that though she was also in the office so she has double points for me just like david Tennant has actually david Tennant only has double points david Tennant and Catherine tate have 
me nerd points at the same amount. I don't know. I've got a few more David Tennant points because I because some of the adult so our, adult our nature of the shows that our, he's done. Our David Tennant points are more cumulative than our Catherine Tate points. <laughs> That's correct. Um, but uh, she's in the office. She's Nellie Bertram in the office and Donna Noble and Doctor Who and I think a bunch of characters. Yeah, she has this, show. you know, she's like a Tracy Ullman type a little bit in that she plays multiple characters. She has West End shows. She had her own TV show that was, in, uh, you know, incredibly well received. She's a huge comedic star in England. Uh, she is not that huge here, but she's gaining, I think. And her background is, so she's an, as an actor, she went to acting school, but also is a comedian. And her favorite thing to do is just to kind of work the room, to kind of talk to people in the audience, work the room, say the things. This is not the uh, first time we've seen David Tennant. We, uh, not David Tennant, sorry. Catherine Tate. We saw her once in Pensacola. That's right. For their Comic-Con. Now, the funny thing about Catherine Tate, or one of the funny things about her, is that although she played a very important role on Doctor Who, she really hardly ever watched the show, didn't like the show, doesn't like sci-fi, doesn't like fantasy. So inevitably, there's somebody who comes up and asks her a Doctor Who question. She's always like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. And then she says something funny. I do not care. And so when she does, she does this whole, to start the panel off, well, panel is just her. And like some people, like not in like a disrespectful way. She's like, I do not know. Do not ask me questions. Yeah. I will only disappoint. She you. always, exactly. She always starts it off and she says it very hilariously. Uh, she's a great stage presence. Uh, so, what was it like being on stage with her? Uh, very quick. A lot, whole lot of pressure for five seconds. <laughs> <It was like, laughs> and like uh, what, the person behind me. Like she went, uh, Catherine Tate went up to her saying like to start because I was like, oh, she's going to start on this side of the stage. And she's like, no, please. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Gave you some time to think about it. Yeah. So kind. Like I know I had already for 20, 30 minutes before even thinking about going up and getting in line to get on stage. I was thinking about the question because I'm like, I can't make like even like you ask a bad question. You're might not know it's a bad question. It's like if I ask a bad question, I will know I'm asking a bad question, <laughs> yeah. and I will get very mad at myself because I know I'm because I share. I will share the opinions of all the people thinking, maybe not saying it, but thinking in their mind. Well, that question didn't need to be. <laughs> so, what did you ask her? Because I thought you did a great job delivering I, your question, and I thought your question was good. I think uh, I asked about how the. I was hoping to lead it into, like, a joke, which she did uh, do that, but about how, because she's been on different TV shows that were very popular in both, like, Europe and America, so how how different fans treat that kind of presence. Yeah, but you asked that actually much I better. Asked it much better than <laughs> I just said it there. That was kind of underwhelming. That was terrible. That was... That was but when you asked it for real live in front of her and hundreds of people, in this case, um, you did a great job. On a very tiny stage, I expected the stage to be bigger. <laughs> Disappointed in how big the no, stage No, well, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> uh, tell me some other highlights of your Dragon Con. Um, the way, all the waiting in line was fun. Talking to Robin Lord Taylor was very nice. We didn't get a picture of him. We just talked to him on the Hall of Fame. That was So tell everybody who Robin Lord Taylor Robin is. Robin Taylor plays uh, the Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot. Maybe we haven't talked about it on the podcast. We're big fans of 
the show Gotham, and he is the penguin of uh, Gotham, and he's very, very good at it. Yeah, Gotham, the conceit of the TV show, is a prequel to the Batman universe, basically. The whole idea is you have a, a young Bruce Wayne, and you see him kind of grow up and emerge. And a young Jim Gordon. And a Batman. And again, Jim Gordon is kind of the protagonist, uh, and we see him. And it was it was super, that was just one of our fun shows, and they had a lot of those guys at the panel. And so, at, at Dragon Con, something they have is called the Walk of Fame. And it's basically like a big ballroom and desks, kind of table set up, and the stars stay behind the thing. You can stand in line, and you can pay for an autograph or pay to uh, get a selfie or do both. Well, or first, just kind of chat with them, especially if there's not a line. You yeah, know. the first time we did it, we went in line a good bit to get a picture with John Barrowman. That's right. I remember being a little disappointed in myself for not going to Damien Dark who plays this character on Arrow, who I really like. He's my favorite villain. Yeah, we should have. Uh, if I, well, I wish I didn't knew you liked him, him that much. And, uh, well, I, I hadn't seen him at oh. that point. So I oh. was like, I really wish I'd just gone up to him because I would have loved it. It's Neil McDonough, I think is his last name. Yeah, I don't know. And, but I, I would have liked to talk to him. That would have been cool. But well, you wouldn't have had much to say since you hadn't seen his work yet. Well, then I wish I could go back in time or he would come again. I hear you. And he might. Who knows? John Barrowman didn't come this year. John Barrowman did not come this year. And so John Barrowman is really David fun. Tennant panel, they made fun of him for it. Yeah, we were. I was looking forward to having John Barrowman and David Tennant together because they were together on on Doctor Who for a while. Uh, so that was. Another, uh, I can't believe there was no David Tennant and Catherine Tate together, or David Tennant and Freeman Adjaman together. Yeah, it must have been just. Uh, I mean, they they did some they pictures together, but they maybe they just couldn't figure out the scheduling of the time. Yeah, together. Uh, I suppose. I think Catherine um, Tate, because she was there more days, had more panels than David Tennant. So, yeah. Maybe. Um, well, I know that was on this. <laughs> tell, me, tell me another highlight. Um, tell me one of your highlights, why, I think. So, one of my highlights was, I don't remember which day this was, but we had, we had done some things, and we had a couple of hours to kill before our next thing. And we just sat and got a Coke, I got a beer, and we sat on the floor of the Marriott, I believe, and just people watched and talked, a little bit of phone stuff, you know. But honestly, that was one of my favorite little segments of Dragon Con. And I think one of the reasons that was so special and some of the other times and why we felt more a part of it was that rather than just cosplay during on Saturday because of the parade, which we've been in for several years now, we also cosplayed on other days. And for the first time, I really felt happy with what I was cosplaying as. Like, I felt good about it. Not that it was, you know, looked great or amazing or anything like that, but I just felt happy with it and especially on uh friday when we were like we were recognizable characters because people didn't recognize our cosplays on saturday people definitely didn't recognize our cosplay on sunday but on friday we did rick and morty right uh you were obviously morty and i was rick (laughs) uh no uh on saturday we did more gotham cosplays you were harvey bullock i mean i think people some people recognize us but not bruce wayne and on Sunday, we did the characters on this animated show called Big Mouth. And you were Marty Globerman, and I was Andrew Globerman. Yeah. It's, it's just street close. 
Yeah, so. exactly. But we wouldn't have been wearing sweaters otherwise. You well, know, yeah. you know, Sunday Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. But just I think taking that extra step was I think it just made me feel more of the community and more of the love. Uh, not that we were like getting a ton of love from like people from our cosplays, but you know, I don't know. It just it was just good. And I think I was so excited because I finally found a leather flagon, which well, I've been looking the, you for. Didn't get the leather flagon. You've you've got the opportunity to to make my Christmas. Oh yeah, or <laughs> or birthday, whichever one comes first. Christmas stuff. Comes first. <laughs> I know which one comes first. Do you not know? I do know. <laughs> it's sometime before Christmas. <laughs> 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 that was funny. But like after. Before Christmas, but before now too, right? When it, what month is my We've birthday? Already Hank? had your birthday. What this month year? is my birthday, Hank? <laughs> March. No. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not March. Right. What, what, what month is your birthday? This explains why I did not get a gift for my birthday. I think <laughs> July because oh, we went to San Francisco. It's July, and you gave me like if you gave me like a minute more, I would have figured it. Out. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, my July birthday's in July. When, uh, every, next year, I'm gonna tell you. It was your birthday's July whenever we went to San Francisco. <laughs> uh, so, flag in Christmas, make it happen. Uh, I will. Okay. Or your birthday, whichever one comes first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that was one of my highlights. Uh, was just sitting there and enjoying it, and I think also, um, I don't know. Maybe we're just. Maybe it's just that. You know, you're 12 and older now, and we can talk about tons of stuff. And your knowledge of whole geek culture and just all the stuff that you're watching and reading and doing um, is so much. And you get, you inform, you know, me. You tell me what's going on. I, I get a lot more things because I can go, Hank, what's that? And you'll be like, oh, that's blank. I'm like, oh, sweet. I get that now. Although I hate that anime is becoming a whole lot more popular. Because not only does that bring out the weebs. The weeaboos and big Japanophiles, but like on the weirder side. Um, but it's because I can't, I can't recognize it. I can recognize maybe like uh, All Might from My Hero Academia, and I can recognize kind of like mainly My Hero Academia. I can't say the characters except for All Might, but like that characters from My Hero Academia. And then someone will walk by with some crazy good costume, like that's an anime. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, sir, is anime. Uh, what were some of the popular cosplays that you saw? Oh, there was a whole lot of the Scoops Ahoy from Stranger Things. Yes, and a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of anime costumes. A whole lot of anime. A whole lot of uh, still always a ton of Star Wars. Oh yeah, a lot of good ones for Troopers. Star Wars stormtroopers. The the Spartans saw, were there. Yeah, the Spartans. I saw some beefy Matt dudes. Smith, some Matt Smith doctors. I saw more Matt Smiths than I did 10th doctors. I think because a lot of people had our same feeling of like, well, I don't want to meet David Tennant. Right. In the costume. That seems a little tacky. Uh, so we got a few. We did a couple of pictures. And again, you know, one we did with uh, Donald Logue. And Donald Logue played uh, Harvey Bullock in Gotham. And that's, you know, I actually cosplayed as, as him. He's also in Vikings and a bunch of others. Oh, yeah. He's Law & Order been, SVU. He's, been, he's, been, he's in a, been acting for a while. Yeah, he's been a working actor for a very long time. He was in Terriers. The Dow of Steve is a great movie. If you guys want a place to start with Donald Logue, start with that. It's amazing. Um, 
And that was fun to uh, cosplay, to get a picture with him as him actually turned out to be pretty good. Because this was like, it wasn't like the professional photographs. It was just, That's you know, his assistant, you know, using my phone to take a picture. Uh, or, you know, basically a selfie kind of thing. Uh, but we did do some professional pictures, and I royally messed up one situation, and I was so proud of how you handled that. So we did a David Tennant picture. And Hank. we did a David Tennant with Catherine Tay and Freeman Angerman picture. That's right. Freeman and is another David Tennant picture. companion. And then we had purchased a Gotham uh, picture. Now, in the other ones, you know, we got there a little bit early, and but you had to wait in line forever because they were so popular. Well, <laughs> we did not get there early. Apparently, you did not come to that specific Gotham. <laughs> exactly. So we went late. Uh, we were late, and they had gone. And I was irate. I was so angry. I wanted to yell and be a really ineffectual and bad person. But luckily, there was a guy who was even more mad than me there ahead of me. And watching him be a jerk and yell, and of course he's upset. But he's seeing that made me check myself big time. Be like, oh, I don't want to be that person. One, my son is here, so I want to try to be, you know, show you positive things and how to actually deal with situations. Um, and you all, you know, you do. You win more flies with honey than vinegar. So I, you know, I talked to her very nicely. I admitted it was completely my fault because it was. And what she could do is give us. They don't do refunds, so they she was able to find us other, basically give us credit. So we did two pictures, two separate individual pictures with people. Who were they? Hank? Carrie Elwes. Ilwes, 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 and uh, who's in Stranger Things and The Princess Bride? That's right. Um, and William Shatner. William Shatner, baby, Captain Kirk. <laughs> so, I mean, as a show, I loved. You know, obviously, I didn't see catch the first run of it those three years it ran in the nineteen sixties, but it was always on. Even like I didn't have cable growing up, but it was always on one of the network syndicated shows. My mom loved it. I loved it. Show means a lot to me. And it was awesome to get a picture taken with him as well. Uh, so I think it kind of worked out okay. But what I love, Tank, is that you rolled with it, man. Like, this was something we were looking forward to. Gotham was our show with mom. And when it didn't work out, you didn't mope. You didn't pout. You just were like, you know, hey, it happened. Let's move on. <laughs> and it was really great. Because uh, in life, lots of bad things are going to happen to you. And it's how you deal with them is what matters. Point out the fun that we had on, like, the small... We only went to one small panel. I think next year I did all love all the big panels we went to, but I do want to make some more time for smaller... Yeah, I agree. Uh, this was definitely a big panel, heavy, dominated thing. And let's just go through all the ones we went to. We saw David Tennant twice. Uh, we saw Catherine Tate... We did an Arrowverse one, which was just Paul Blackthorne. I don't know why. But Paul Blackthorne, yeah, it was advertised of having more than sometimes, I guess maybe. All of them. Yeah, it was supposed to have all of them. It was just Paul Blackthorne who played uh, Laurel's dad, a cop, if you're in, the, in, in a show called Arrow. But he was great. Like, oh, yeah, it was, it was low was energy at first, but, like, he was really, he rose to the occasion, I thought, and did a great job. Um, what else? What are the big panels? Um, 
No, we did see Gotham. We saw a Gotham panel. Oh, yeah, we saw a Gotham panel. We did not like the moderator. We did not like the moderator, but... We walked by the moderator on the parade wearing our Gotham costumes, and the fact that he didn't point something out... Yeah, I agree. This is after the day before. Gotham people, and that was us two and this other lady who was doing a Robin Lord Taylor penguin. Exactly. So, yeah, the moderator was not great, but what was really cool about that Gotham panel... And Donald Logue was not supposed to be there, or they didn't know if he was going to be there or not, but showed up a little bit late. But the the love between the cast, like their energy, their bond, their friendship, was so cool to see. Uh, it was really, really fun to see that they genuinely liked each other. They genuinely cared about each other. Uh, especially when you have like a star like David Mazou, who was, you know, young, you know, was started off probably 13 when he first was doing the role and you know 17 when the show ended or something like that you know those were about that range so like they kind of were you had to be like you know uncle figures at the very least and so watching watching Donald Logue David and then Sean Pertwee who played Alfred and Robin Lord seeing their bond was amazing to me oh yeah and I also liked it like I wasn't even annoyed like you could see like some like minor like chit chat of Sean Pertwee and David Mazzi. They were talking about something, the whole experience. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I did too. It was really, really cool. All right, so that was another big panel we saw. What else did we see? Is that really like, I think those might have been the only ones. Sunday was our vendor day. Let's talk a little about the vendor halls because that's super fun too. Oh, yeah, vendor halls. Um, we got some cool glasses that say words on them. They do say words on them. We haven't figured out how to get those to work. Yeah, we need to download that app. And we'll take a picture of that and put that on our Instagram so you can see those. But uh, the vendor hall is basically is three floors of packed, you know, humans and people selling cool kind of geeky things of, you know, basically every single fandom there has like at least some kind of representation in the vendor halls. And that is the joy of Dragon Con, is that you have these very different, co- not cosplays, but uh, yeah, geekdoms, or you know, coming together, and everybody is accepting of each other. I'm sure there's some bad apples in the bunch, but you really don't see it. There's this, this, uh, including even the weird ones get. Sorry, the weird ones, but um, there's a little booth where you go inside, real private, and buy your hentai DVD. What is hentai, Hank? It's uh, it's a- animated porn. Okay, so is that appropriate for this podcast? Our child-friendly, no-cussing podcast? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. made me uncomfortable you bringing it up. If I was riding with my 10-year-old daughter in the car, I'd be nervous right now. All right, so, <laughs> yes, yeah, so all fandoms are welcome, right? Yes. Even the weird ones. Even, even well, exactly. All and weird is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but they all seem to come together pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no leather flagons there that we could see. <laughs> yeah, there was no leather. Talk, talk to them how we found the leather. Flag. We did. We did search hard for the leather leather flagon. So uh, we found and the cloak, which we found a bunch of good cloaks that fit you. That's the and question, that ladies good. and gentlemen. Do and I need you a cloak? Buy cloak. You want a cloak? It doesn't. You, no one needs a cloak. No one has ever <laughs> needed a cloak. Uh, I beg to disagree. In the disagree. past three hundred years. <laughs> all right, right, right. 
Yeah, I kind of want a cloak. <laughs> and like, we did see some. A cloak there, and that was completely like, well, I want to find the right one. You're never going to find the right one if you keep just looking for the right one. Well, this is the first time we've seen cloaks that I've, while I've wanted a cloak. So we don't, like, I, like it, there's something to be said about delaying too much getting a cloak, because you might never get one. But there is also something like, you don't want to just rush into the first cloak you see. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't even know what I really want in a cloak. <laughs> I saw one that looked like the villain of Rogue One's kind of capey thing. See, I don't think I want that. I want more, um, again, there's that book, Name of the Wind, by Patrick Rothfuss, which I love. And... Uh, you know, Cavothe has a great cloak, and he talks about how cloaks are so useful and great. And he has like four or five different cloaks. So I think I want more of that style cloak. Book about the need for cloaks. Yes, yes. Did I mention I was also a geek? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, uh, you know. So, anyways, so if y'all see a cloak out there, send me a picture. Let me know. Send him the cloak. Well, no, we're not. We're, we we would wouldn't ask for that. I mean, I mean, maybe if you want to, really. If you have I mean, an extra cloak, I mean. Y- there we go. If you have if you a have cloak, just a cloak laying around the house. If you have a cloak my you're size, not really using laying it. around your house, by all means, please send me, send me at least, you know, send me a picture first. You know. Uh, anyways, we're kidding, of course. Made up. You sell it on eBay. Uh, we'll what what small panels did we go to? Because we got, oh, we went to one. Well, two small panels. One was on Monday. We went to an Endgame fan panel, which made me cry a little bit talking about the. That was fun. Well, you know and what? That Most was of packed. the world's seen Endgame. I think it's okay if we. You know, we don't even need to spoil it. Yeah, we don't have any. Everybody's, everybody's seen Endgame who, who wants to. Uh, but it was just great talking about that. was fun. But we did a couple more, too. Uh, we did what which was my favorite panel under the first David Tennant one. Or maybe tied with the Gotham one uh, was the uh, was a Crisis on Infinite Earths Arrowverse speculation, which we're also big fans of the Arrowverse. Explain what that is. The Arrowverse for, in case it started with uh, it's on the CW. It's a CW DC show. It started with Arrow, went to Flash, went to Supergirl, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Black Lightning, and this year they're going to start Batwoman, which like, is maybe like I'm the most excited I think I've ever been for a new show ever. Because not like just a new season, because this is like the first show that I've really loved, and like, I knew I wanted to love it before the show even came out. Yeah, you had the anticipation like, factor. I, the, I really, because I, I love the Batman universe. Yeah. And Gotham, that really made me, at least increased my love of it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm excited to be back in Gotham, even if it's a different Gotham with, you know, less rights to characters. That's right. So they have these, uh, you know, three to five shows, basically, that are all kind of in the same universe. And every year they do crossover specials. Almost like, uh, you know, let's say it'll be, you know, part one of the story is in. Arrow at eight o'clock, and then at nine o'clock that same night is Supergirl, and that continues the story. And then, like, and then the, next, the day, next day, you know, just goes on. So they do these big crossovers. And they're doing not unlike Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice used to do. So Peggy tells me, <laughs> <laughs> same and kind of thing. The new, whatever the fire show, the fire, the there they have a new. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the, those are big this, events. This one there. Uh, Adopting Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is one of the, like, 
three, three or four big, huge DC Comics events. Like, yeah. This is Infinity War. So I'm not a huge again. comic person, but I'm learning. I love, I'm loving the storylines, and I love the lore, and I love that. So this panel was basically all these people who are into this kind of throwing out ideas of theories of how what's going to happen, you know. And some of the people on the panel, you know, they're, and they I have wanna, their own I, blogs. I kind of want to do a podcast on that. On Crisis on – yeah, that would be on, great. Not on Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I think – just on speculation before, and then one on Christ on Infinite Earth. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd be here for that. Um, but there's one thing that I did want to bring up, which really made me think. I talked about how Supergirl is very like underused in Arabers crossovers, and I did really realize that, like, oh yeah, she is very underused in these crossovers. Like, talking about End of Elseworlds, which was her episode, didn't even feature her in like the last. 15 minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's understandable, though. I mean, you got to find a way around it, but when you create a superhero that has as much power as her, just the same way with Captain Marvel and Endgame, you have to justify a reason to kind of get them off screen and onto the bench, because otherwise they just wrap things up early. And our yeah. four-hour epi- four like, episode is 15 minutes because she's just like, oh, I'm just going to destroy them. I think they, they could have made it put her in Elseworlds. Because remember, the villain, at least at the end, like was incredibly powerful. I'm just saying that's probably the reason. I'm not saying they're doing a good job of it, of, of how they're doing it. Oh, yeah. But And I don't remember Elseworlds as, well, as much as you do. Uh, also, I'm excited to see how Black Lightning interacts in that universe. I am, too, because uh, the tones of these shows, although they're in the same universe, are are pretty different. Black Lightning is very gritty, uh, yeah, noir, uh, dark, realistic. Uh, it's I mean, pretty it's fantastic, pra- by the way, also. It's set in like, the real world, just with like... Yep. And it films in Atlanta. Violence and superpowers. Then you have The Flash, which is kind of more happy-go-lucky, smiley. You have Arrow, which gets dark. And Legends, which is so silly. We're kind of silly fun, right? Silly and fun. And the last season, so cliched. I really didn't like the last season. Okay. So it's, so it's, it's interesting to see these characters come together and also the different tones of the show. And now, this is something we're, I haven't we're, seen we're enough of these crossovers to where I don't know how this works. But during a crossover, does the tone of the show, the story shift, depending on what show is airing that part of the story, Hank? It did with Invasion. I don't think it, which was one of the events. It didn't as much do it. But, of course, like, each show is supposed to at least take place in more that character's world. Right. So it will shift a little bit, but not as much. That's kind of fun. I'm going to look for that in this crisis on uh, Infinite Earth and see if that... And also see if it's the same writer or writers for all four episodes. Well, I think it's this guy, Mark Guggenheim, who does the whole running of the thing and runs the crossovers. Okay, and does the actual writing of those scripts as well, or is he just supervising and doing the story beats? Like the Doctor Who episodes, where, like, you got the showrunner head guy, but you also have, like... Like, you might have... Um, you got a writer's room. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Moffat, but Neil Gaiman would also be coming in there to write. Right. Thing, but it'll also have Stephen Moffat. All Stephen right, so that's Moffat. something. So I'm excited after going to that panel with you to yeah, one. Do you, really so do you high. think we should read the comic or no? I think we should, or at least watch one of the 
comics explained. The comics explained forty five minute video on it. And comics explains is what? It's a YouTube channel that surprisingly <laughs> explains <laughs> comics. What? And, but it does it really well. That's how I got to know these stories. Like um. Which I'm glad I do, because it helps me better understand it. Like Christ on Infinite Earth, like Infinite Crisis, like Final Crisis. And though I don't know as much about Final Crisis, I don't really like Final Crisis. Um, new Green Lantern stuff, new-ish Green Lantern stuff. Sinestro Core War, Blackest Night, Brightest Day. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about that now, because we went to that panel. Um now we went to one panel that we're kind of we were both tired, and I think that's why I didn't enjoy it that much. And I'm, it was on Good Omens, but what specifically oh, yeah, good about Omens Good Omens panel. was? And oh yeah, we went to those two others, which we were really tired of. Like uh, it was the Good Omens fan panel. I don't know. It was probably good. We were just tired. Yeah. And um, another run by the track uh, one, which was the tenth Doctor fanfic reading. Oh, yeah. Which wasn't at all how I expected it to be. Yeah, and I'm glad we went, but it, it was late in the day. Everyone was trying to be funny, including me, and I didn't succeed at all. <laughs> I admit that I was terrible and not my usual incredibly funny self. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but everyone was trying to be funny, and no one was being that great at it. Yeah, it was. that was, you know. And cl- I think the people running the track were having fun, but they didn't do a good job of, like, Pushing that fun onto the crowd. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was. I mean, I'm glad we went, but it was late in the day and we were tired. And Dragon Con is exhausting. Uh, that's that's just part of it. But it is this kind of happy, fun, fun exhaustion. Yeah. A Dragon Con at night, you know, gets very adult, and we don't stay that long. But you're getting I hope th- to stay long at least next year. I would like to. Stay. Well, you're getting older to where you can. But again, you know, you'll be 13. So that's a teen edge. That's <laughs> and that's uh, not old enough to. Uh, I'll be a, you hold on. This is maybe not on time. I'll be a teenager in like a little over a month. That's crazy that's talk. That's insane. Why have you decided to do that? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think I made it a long time. I think it's. I think I made the decision October 28th, 2006, <laughs> yeah. and I really I really wish I could take well, it Well, look, I don't want to be that kind of dad who doesn't... Look, well, I, su- I support you. I support you. Yeah. I support your your incoming teenagerhood. Yeah. Uh, what other tips or hints would you tell somebody if they're heading to Dragon Con maybe for the first time? Uh, those dinosaur costumes, they seem cute. They seem fun. You will sweat. You will die. You will die of heat <laughs> yeah. stroke, especially if it's Dragon Con, maybe in any con, but this is Atlanta, and it is in the summer, and you will do not try to wear that thing all day. <laughs> yeah, we do not so try that to was, wear this thing for over an hour and 30 minutes because you will pass out. That was last year's parade costume, correct? Yeah. And when we took that thing off you, you were so wet and drenched. <laughs> In sweat, it's, yeah, it's not a good idea. That was a that was a pretty good cosplay too, but for some reason it, that didn't feel as great as um, no, because it wasn't really the cumulative us. effect. It wasn't us. Yeah, all right, but yes, Either. completely. We just yeah, that's a good, very insightful. We're not huge Jurassic Park fans. No, that's true. That's very insightful, Hank. That's a good point. Um, uh, so I so want to talk a little bit about some random things that happened that were just interesting and I thought from from my life 
So where the uh, Arrowverse panels was... So the gender-neutral bathrooms. We right? had gender-neutral bathrooms, which I That's have not really been that. in before. But I thought it was kind of cool. And there was two of them. They were right across the way from each other. One of them had, like, stalls and urinals. Uh, the other one just had a bunch, a bunch of stalls. And that was kind of cool. I kind of dug that. That was neat. Good way to move forward. And just outside of those bathrooms is a FedEx office. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a cult so, of uh, John. A cult of John, exactly. So there is, you know, one of those life-size cardboard cutouts of a FedEx employee, or an actor, of course, you know, who modeled to, to do the, be the FedEx employee. And over the course of the con, more and more stuff just got added to him. Like, people put googly eyes, they put uh, stickers everywhere, and it just became one of those things that just built on itself to where by the time Monday rolled around and I was on Facebook, there was an actual Cult of John Facebook group worshipping this new thing. And if you know Dragon Con a little bit... the Cult of Jordan Skolansky. I don't know what that is. So it's one of the people that appears on Conan's show. He works with Conan, and there's a cult on Reddit about him. Oh, okay. All right, so similar but, kind of thing. Like the really fans have, of Water Sheep. I don't get that either. But sorry, it's another people. Hopefully, people who are listening will get it, and then if I explain it, it won't be as cool for them. <laughs> All right, well, okay. So much like the Cult of Water Sheep, uh, the fans have created this thing, and it's... It's just kind of blown up to where there's several different fan groups now. And it's just it's typical Dragon Con of creative people picking something and running with it, much like the Marriott, the old Marriott carpet, which is, you know, there's a cult of carpet. It's just it's just one of those things that the Dragon Con does very well. section of the parade now. Yeah. And yes, I do. saw a member in Pensacon was all the way back in February, 70 years ago. Uh, I saw a cult of carpet person there. So look out for the Cult of John. They found the actor who plays him. His name's Eric. And he's like, so now they're looking out, they're reaching out to DragonCon about trying to raise some money to bring him to DragonCon. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep you updated if that does happen next year. But a new fandom. Uh, what else, Hank? I don't know. I feel like we went over a bunch of the highlights. I'm sure there's a bunch of little things. I think so, too. But I figure that that's, that covers most of it. And again, I yeah. just want to say how much fun it is to go with you, Hank. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love that this is a tradition we have. Uh, I have a ball. It's oh, oh, oh. We went to the closing ceremonies. That's right. That's how much we didn't year. want it to end. We've we never done that. We've never gone to the closing ceremonies. Yeah. And out Which, of the 85,000 people that are at this thing, you know, there's probably 200 at the closing ceremonies. And I'm really impressed they do this. So what is the closing ceremonies? What do they do? It's where they kind of see everyone's favorites, see everyone's 400 list of complaints. Yeah, they open up the floor to the people there basically to say positive things for a section and then say negative things. And, of course, the negatives are much longer than the positives just because that's human nature. And they've, they're exhausted. This is the last day of Dragon Con. They've been working on, like, no sleep for forever before planning it. And then during it, of course, they're not getting any sleep. And yet they sit there and take this feedback uh, to heart. And change things because of it. Uh, but even if they didn't, even if they just were paying lip service, like that's still impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that about does it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a I wonderful Dragon Con. Four hundred different things. What's that? 
course, we're going to remember 400 different things out. As soon as we, as soon as exactly, as soon as we push stop, we'll remember everything else. But I, I think cosplaying as more than one thing is key to feeling a part of the community and feeling the love. And you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to be able to remember it right off the top of my head. But there was this uh, Facebook or this meme that probably started on Reddit, and it was yeah, it has to do Dragon Con, it and it basically says make um, make every day more like Dragon Con. It was like a list of seven things. It was I have actually seen that. That definitely that definitely did come from Reddit. I know that for a fact. All right, so I posted it on my Facebook page, so you, you guys can go to that. You, what does that look you for? Gave it, you gave credit, right? Did you give credit? How, how do you give credit? I don't know. You try to find it. Try your best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't give credit. At least I saw the file on this from other Facebook Well, I shared it from somebody else's Facebook post, so like oh, that'll okay, be on okay. there. Okay, then that's, that's the I thought you like just posted it again. No, I didn't like save it in my computer. Then like, hey, look what I created. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it was great. But it basically said make real life more like Dragon Con. It was like, you know, be, be, be kind. Give strangers compliments. Hold on, let me go to Reddit and read it. Which happens all the time. That that's one of the most beautiful things. The strangers come up to you, and you come up to strangers. And you're like, man, great job. You look awesome. And like, people don't do that in real life. Uh, be kind. Be a geek. or Whatever. Be into your thing. I don't know. It was like seven things. Go to my Facebook page uh, and, and see it if you want. And see what he stole from Reddit. See what those awesome people on Reddit. Uh, like, we're giving the whole platform credit. It's like one person came up with that oh, problem. Yeah, one person. <laughs> like, we're like, it's Reddit. To use Reddit. Who, uh, that person also uses Facebook and Instagram. And that person's on Twitter, I bet. How do you know that? The person's probably on uh, Snapchat. Redditors hate Instagram. <laughs> I bet they're on it anyways. Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the good, the good people. All right, before this discussion devolves any further, uh, Hank, anything else you want to say about Dragon Con 2019? Uh, no, besides uh, Instagram normies, bad. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening. Uh, any questions, email us at info at pineconeturkey.com, and you guys should come with, to Dragon Con with us next year. Yep. Until we meet again. Far Point, West Point. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>